bluey fresh on the beat. Welcome to the All or Nothing Podcast, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Boulon. This week, we're going to jump right into it. For the past decade, our next guest has been motivating companies to look different and stay agile in order to thrive long term. He's an entrepreneur, a professor, and he's the author of the book, Zebras and Cheetahs. Let's welcome the founder and CEO of Red Herring Innovation and Design, Dr. Colby Jubinville. How are you today? I'm doing great, man. Thanks for the opportunity to be here. Thanks for the, the time. Thanks for the chance to connect with your audience. Looking forward to some rapid fire questions from you. I'm glad to have you on because usually when we hear the word innovation, it's attached to a new product or a new service. But in your case, you spent the last decade motivating and consulting different companies to look different and stay agile in order to thrive in business. So tell us, what sparked this idea and what were some of the opportunities that you saw early on? Well, for me, it it starts with the idea of what is innovation? And innovation to me simply means you go first. Innovation means you go first. And so why, why I had to go first was that uh, my wife came home one day in tears and said, I can't teach anymore. I was raised by two educators that taught me the way you take on the world is to become an educator, marry an educator, and educate other people. And that works all the way up to you want these things called lifestyle and freedom. And so what led me to go and recreate myself, reinvent myself, relaunch myself, was this idea that I needed to create um, more lifestyle and freedom uh, for for my family, specifically my wife. And so uh, I will tell you in the first 18 months of starting my little business, Red Herring Innovation and Design, a strategic marketing company, we uh, I failed miserably. I spent 18 months staring at the wall while my wife slept. I felt like a failure. Uh, I didn't know who my ideal customer was. I didn't know how to write proposals. I didn't know that if you got people faster to this word no, that you could move on. I made so many critical mistakes early on, which ultimately gave me the tools to be able to help companies make that change, make that reinvention, and make that growth that they so desperately want to do today. So that's kind of how I got started. I got started out of necessity, I think, like most people. Yeah, you're right. And I think you took a very interesting path to get here. For example, your first job out of school was as a college football coach. And what makes that even more unique, it was for a first-year college football team. Now, I know there were some unique challenges working with that team, but what were some of the similarities working with the first-year college football team and a first-year company? I'll never forget Norman Joseph, who was a mentor to me, took a chance on me when I was 27 years old and had no coach, college coaching experience. And so it's a great story. I will tell, I'll tell you that story the next time, but the, the key takeaway for the audience in terms of how this relates to business is that if that we're all sitting around a room one day and Norman says, the head coach says, we continue to lose people to different schools like Millsaps, Rhodes, Sewanee, Center, 
um, the Mid-Cumberland schools. And so how can we compete against these people? Because when we get them through the door, we have the opportunity to close the deal. And he said, Colby, you've taken all these classes in marketing. You've, you've got all these, you got this PhD and understand marketing strategy. Come back with something that we think that will allow us to separate ourselves. And this is really a defining moment for my career. I went back in my office and I sat down and I looked at, I looked at four different things. I saw the letter jacket that I'd worn when I played college football. I saw the degree that I had hanging on the wall. I saw, um, the, the shirt and the championship shirt. They didn't give us championship rings at Millsap. They gave us champion shirts. <laughs> and so I went back, I went back to him and I said, you know, I think when we have the mom and the dad and the son in the ring and we answer this question, why should they come to Bellhaven to play football? I think it's really about four things. I think it's about a letter jacket on your back, a ring on your finger, a diploma in your hand, and it was a spiritual school with a spiritual mission. And so we said, in the walk with Jesus Christ. And so those four things spoke to the dad in what he wanted to hear. It spoke to the mom in what she wanted to hear. And it spoke to the son in what he wanted to hear. And so the takeaway for the audience is what does it mean to be the best at what matters most? You answer that question in business, you answer that question for your audience, you answer that question for your customer, and you do that, they're going to choose you over your competitor every time. Now in football, you could judge your success every week after the game. And as a coach, it's your job to adjust, prepare, and motivate your team for that next game. Now, that's a great mentality to have if you could translate it over to business. But how do you get your employees and clients to adopt that same approach? Here's what I believe. We're in a coaching revolution. And I talk about this in my book, Zebras and Cheetahs. Here's what the coaching revolution says. It says you either are a coach, you have a coach, or you don't want to be coached. And if you don't want to be coached, I promise you, you will be left behind. So the question that you need to be asking yourself as you listen to this podcast is, who is coaching you? Because if you look at great coaches in your, in, in your life, and if I look at the great coaches that I've had in my life, they really did three things for me. Number one, they made me have conversations I didn't want to have. Number two, they made me ultimately do things I didn't think I could do. And then number three, to become something I didn't think I could become. And if you look at leadership in business today, those three stages of how people develop continue to be what allows those people to rise to that level of success versus stay in what, what we commonly refer to in business as the Peter Principle, where we all, all rise to our highest level of incompetence, and that's where we stay. I would agree. It's usually the ones that can coach or be coached are the ones that rise to the top. But I'm curious. You've been a professor for the past 16 years, and every semester you get a new batch of ambitious and fearless students that walk into your classroom. How has that experience influenced you in the business world? Here's what I see. And you tell me if you think I'm right. They go to college. People go to college. And they make it, they're making a bet. And they bet that we have the juice. We have mm -hmm. the, the knowledge, the skill, the desire, the confidence, the likability, the networks to get them gainfully employed. And there's a huge difference between employment and gainful employment. Mm -hmm. Employment is trading your time for money. Gainful employment is where you get some kind of psychological benefit by being 
employed. And so what I've done is built a system, and the foundation of that is around voice, which is the intersection of talent, passion, conscience, and need in the world. And the other piece is around confidence. And so if you ask people what confidence is, most people are going to talk about beliefs, but people then can't tell you what they believe. So I define confidence as the memory of success. So my job on a college campus is to do two things. Help kids find their voice, teach them how to protect, develop, and maintain their confidence. That, to me, is the, is the greatest opportunity we have on a college campus. In consulting, it's one thing to get your clients to see the need for change, but it's a completely different animal to actually get adoption across the board. So what does work for you? Is there a particular model that you use? True change within companies and people happens like this. We're going to change what you do incrementally in a very small step. That's going to change the way you feel about that change. That's going to change the way that you think about the true change that you can create for yourself and for others. And so for me, that's how I create change within organizations. I do that through very small incremental steps, you know, whatever it may be. But you've got to create action first to create real change. So that's the change piece. The adoption piece, one of the big challenges is speeding up the adoption and retention of knowledge. And so I've built a model called the self-directed, self-selected coaching model. And what I would hope you would be able to do is maybe put that model up on your website. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's, it, speaks to, it speaks to how people process information. Number one, is the information important to me? How is the information important to me? And then number two, how can I take that information forward to move my life, my business, my success? In a business world full of copycats and companies playing follow the leader, you decided to focus on looking different and staying agile in order to thrive long term. Why do you think companies struggle with this concept? And what are some of the common pitfalls that you continue to see? Yeah. And that's a really good question, and it's true. Here's here's why they fall for. There's actually been several books that have been written on copycat marketing. It's number one, it's easy. It doesn't require a whole lot of thought. Um, but I still remember when I when I first started consulting, and I went through this process that I created called Collective Passion, and it really is an organic process that draws out really three things about a company: its unique perspective, how it sees what it does. It's unique education, how it knows what it does, and it's unique experience, how it connects to what it does and how it delivers what it does. It's companies that win today have a very clear sense of who they are and the values they bring to the marketplace. You've been writing for the Washington Times for the past year, inspiring people to go their own way. And you talk about how people who decide to go their own way understand how to use motivation and inspiration to create new opportunities. Now, most of us get inspired all the time, but what's different about the people who actually use it to their advantage? You know, the difference between motivation and inspiration, and I've worked from both. We're taught to work from motivation, right? And motivation is where you see an idea through to its logical conclusion. Inspiration is where an idea takes a hold of you and takes you to a place that you never thought was possible. And so when I see other people that become inspired where they take this idea and let it take a hold of them and take them to somewhere they didn't even think was possible. Those are the kinds of people that I want to be around and spend time with. 
Kobe, that was a lot of great information for our entrepreneurs and aspiring entrepreneurs out there. Now, I want to thank the founder and CEO of Red Herring Innovation and Design, Kobe Jupinville, for being on the show. And if you want to hear more interviews like this, follow the All or Nothing podcast on iTunes, Spotify, and Tidal. That's a wrap for this week's episode of All or Nothing, where we bring to you companies that are here to change the game. And I'm your host, Rodrigo Ballone.